Hello, Central Christian Church family. My name is Tiffany Perkins, and I am so honored that you would choose to spend your morning here with us online. I want to say a very special Happy Mother's Day to all my family in Florida, Missouri, and Ohio. I love you. A special shout out to my mama. Love you. Happy Mother's Day. I also want to say a thank you to the elders and our leadership team here for allowing me the opportunity to share with you today. Well, hey, I wanted to kick off, since we've been in shelter in place, with a little quarantine game. Tuesday nights, we have youth group on Zoom, so we've been playing a lot of games. So bear with me, but here's what I want you to do. Go ahead, and we're going to play You Know You're in Quarantine If, and then I want you to give yourself a point for every one of these examples I'm about to give you. And then whoever has the most wins. All right, here's our first one. Give yourself a point if you have hidden in your house from your kids. Give yourself a point. The closet is my friend. Give yourself a point if you've gained any quarantine weight. Give yourself a point if you've been on more than one Zoom meeting in a day. I think Tim holds the record in our house for like eight. Give yourself a point if you've learned a new hobby or cooked a new recipe. Give yourself another point if you have completed a DIY project with your spouse and lived to tell about it. All right, next slide here's give yourself a point if you have called every one of your family members during shelter in place. Give yourself a point if you cried when you found out that you would be in shelter in place for another month. Be real, be real, give yourself a point. All right, give yourself a point if you've gone longer than a week without doing your hair. Give yourself a point if you've cleaned every room and closet in your house. All right, tally up your score. I would love to engage with you this morning. Add it to the chat. Let's, let's be real, share our scores. I may or may not have a, every one of those points. But anyway, you know, and I'm, I'm curious the lady that Wednesday, because they may get a little something special in the mail for me. And those of you tuning in sometimes during the week, maybe play the game with your family. Well, happy Mother's Day. I am so glad that we are in this together. I've been loving this series, How to Live Through a Bad Day and Unpacking the Seven Statements from the Cross. You know, Jesus, he gives us advice on how to live through a bad day. And today, the text that we will be working our way through is found in John 19, 26 through 27. It says this, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. His mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, he said, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. You know, I love this quote from Josh McDowell, the author of The Case for Christ. You'll have to check it out. He says this, I have come to the conclusion that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is either one of the most heartless hoaxes ever foisted upon the minds of men, or it is the most fantastic fact of history. Well, today, let's learn more from this most fantastic fact of history. How can we live through a bad day? It's by taking care of those closest to us. Join me as we pray. God, we love you, Lord. 
God, we invite you to speak to us. God, as we say that we are one church in many rooms, Lord. God, that your presence and that your spirit be felt. Lord, that people would have an encounter with you this morning, Lord. That this Mother's Day, God, would impact their heart in such a different and powerful way, Lord. That, that only you could work and move, God. We ask that your word would come alive and speak to us. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Our roadmap today is that we, our roadmap for today is that we will be examining this passage in John from Jesus's perspective, from Mary's perspective, and then how can we apply these biblical truths to our lives as we answer the question, how do we live through a bad day? Jesus, on his worst day, gifted his mother with recognition. Recognition. John 19, 26 through 27 says this. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So let's paint a picture of this reality. That Jesus would recognize his mother. You know, scholars believed at this time there would have been tens of thousands of people represented in the multitude, in that crowd. Every Jewish family would have desired to be present during Passover. So Jesus, gazing out on the crowd before him, maybe he's seeing mixed ethnicities. He is seeing women, the soldiers, the centurion, the chief priest, the Sanhedrin. And then according to Matthew 26, 56, most of the disciples had fled when Jesus was arrested. And they probably stayed away from the crucifixion out of a fear of being arrested. And in the midst of this crowd, Jesus sees his mother standing nearby and he recognizes her. He's beaten, exhausted, emotionally, physically, mentally depleted. He's literally carrying the sins of the world. I can only imagine the pain that he would be experiencing and what he would be enduring. And he recognizes his mother in the midst of all of that. What a beautiful and powerful moment. He gifted his mother on his absolute worst day, recognition. And then Mary, I love to look at Mary's perspective and highlight her character in this scene. Her courage, her boldness. She is a strong, fearless woman. To fight through this crowd, to press in, to see her son, to be near him. This is brave. She's a brave woman. And it brought me to tears as I was studying this passage to examine this kind of love. In Luke 23, 27 a large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. You know, the Roman government at the time, they wouldn't have been worried about arresting these women. You know, they didn't have a fear of these women creating an uprising, doing, physically attacking the guards. So they would let them press in and be there with Jesus through this whole process so that she could stay close to him. And just imagining her hearing Jesus as, as 
people were yelling terrible things in the crowd, crucify him as he's being mocked and beaten and his mother never left him. Mary was the only person on earth who was there for Jesus from his first breath to his last. And then according to Mark 15, 25, it would have been about nine in the morning when they crucified him. Some people believe that his trial started at about 6 a.m. And G and Mary would have been by Jesus the entire day or pressed in to be close to him. She was close enough that he would recognize her. So our application for us today, how do we recognize those closest to us? You know, I, I know Mother's Day can be gimmicky, right? It can feel like another holiday. We have to give a tribute to somebody. It can be awkward or just something we, you know, check off on our to-do list. But what if today, what if we intentionally recognized those women and ladies in our life? What if we were like Jesus and in the midst of the distractions, in the midst of the busyness, we paused and we acknowledged and recognized the role that they played in our lives. What a beautiful gift. And for us moms, sometimes it seems like those that are the closest to us, who we do the most for, acknowledge us and appreciate the least. Am I right? Maybe the relationship that you have with your adult children doesn't look like you thought it would. Maybe it's been tough raising those teenagers. Maybe as an empty nester and your, your, your kids in college coming back home has changed the dynamics of your household again. Or maybe there's that little child you're struggling to connect with and it's a tough season. Maybe you're a mom that needs to be reminded and encouraged to be like Mary today. Keep pressing in, keep on loving, keep on serving those nearest to you. Keep fighting through all those obstacles and distractions and recognize the gift that you've been given. Jesus, on his worst day, gifted his mother with affirmation. Jesus affirmed those that were closest to him. John 19, 26b, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. He calls her woman, not mother. Really, Jesus, we're gonna go there? I don't know about you, but I am immediately reminded of all the derogatory comments and jokes that our culture has perpetuated on us Woman, go get me a drink. Woman, you know why your, your feet are so small so you can stand closer to the kitchen sink? Wah, wah, wah. Boo, hiss, all the yucky. But he calls her woman, not mother, not out of disrespect for her, but because mother would have been a cutting word to her who was already mourning and grieving the loss of her son. In the midst of his worst day, 
he affirms his mother as his earthly mother. And she was close enough to hear him. And there's a spiritual separation here as well. Meaning he was helping her by calling her mother. He was helping to remind her of his purpose here on this earth, his spiritual authority that he had. He was reminding her that he has come as savior of the world and that included her too. He had come to save her as well. And he is doing a miracle for her. And we can check this out and see another example of this in John chapter two, two through five, where Jesus changes water into wine. On the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan in Galilee. Jesus's mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Spiritually, he is affirming her by his use of the word woman. He addresses her in such a way to remind her of the spiritual authority. And then he does another miracle. In this context, he turns water into wine. In the current scripture that we're assessing in John, he resurrects from the cross. He's resurrected from the cross. And he affirms Mary by reminding her of who she is and her belief in him as savior of humanity. Another example of Jesus affirming others was Peter. He would affirm Peter and his new name. Peter was known as Simon and Jesus changed his name to Peter. We find this in, in John 1.42 in the New International Version. It reads this, and he brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Peter was a fisherman, an ordinary dude. Later, he becomes a disciple of Jesus, and he was best known for his fierce devotion for the Lord, his denial at the crucifixion, and his leadership to the early church. You know, it's believed that Peter's nature was impulsive, unstable, he was emotional, abrasive even, but he was this natural and passionate leader. Peter was the same disciple that when, when the Roman guards come to take come to take Jesus away, to crucify him. He pulls out his sword and he cuts off the ear of one of the Roman guards. And then Peter, in the next moment, denies Christ. But Jesus affirmed who he believed Peter to be, the rock. Peter's name means the rock. And he was the rock of the early church Jesus affirmed Peter. He wasn't to be known for his failings, his sin. He was affirmed in who he was becoming as a follower of Jesus. I love this gift of affirmation that Jesus gifted. He affirms people we are meant, who we are meant to be. And we're meant to be new creations in him. And Jesus gifted those closest to him with affirmation. And then here's Mary's perspective. Being reminded of who he was and his purpose on the earth, I'm reminded of Mary as this frightened young girl 
who had just been visited by the angel Gabriel to tell her she is going to give birth as a virgin to the savior of the world. Talk about scary and intimidating and unreal, right? Well, then, he, and here's Mary standing near the cross, seeing this played out. And then I'm reminded of her hymn in Luke chapter one, verse 46 through 45. Um, and this is Mary's song. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Our application for us today, how do we affirm those that are closest to us? We call out the good things we see. We praise them for who they're becoming. Those nearest to us should be should feel their value. They should be affirmed. We need to gift them with affirming how God is working in their lives. And our third and final point for today, Jesus, on his worst day, gifted his mother with care. Jesus cared for those that were nearest to him. John 19, 26 through 27 says this. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. On his worst day, he saw to the care of his mother. You know, at this time, it was believed that Joseph had been passed away. And we later learn in Acts that Jesus' brothers were alive, but maybe they weren't believers at the time. We learn later on that they are, they do become faith, they do become followers of Jesus and play key roles in the early Christian church. But Jesus knew in this moment that he needed to care for his mother. So he instructs his beloved disciple John to receive his mother as his own, which would mean Mary would have a place to live, food, protection. She's instructed to then in turn love John to, as her son. I, I'm so moved by this statement for several reasons. Jesus is instructing them to physically care for each other in a familial relationship. And Jesus is instructing them to love each other like a mother and a son love each other even though they aren't related and have no blood connection, maybe some of you today, those at nearest and dearest to your heart aren't related to you, but God has asked you to care for them. That's a beautiful display of God's love. Another reason I'm moved by this directive from Jesus on the cross is that in his pain and anguish, he has the capacity to think about the practical implication his death means for his mother. 
His selflessness, again, is seen in his care for those closest to him. And then Mary's perspective. I can imagine Mary in this heart-wrenching reality of the death of her son and the salvation of the world that she would humbly accept the love of a son and a savior and what a magnificent gift to receive standing there near the cross as she's being recognized by her son, affirmed by him, the savior of the world and now cared for. And then Mary, to highlight what she does next, she goes on to help the early church. She's mentioned in Acts chapter one, verse 14. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. So our application for us today, how do we care for those nearest to us? Our actions speak to our care for those closest to us. We put others' needs above ourselves. Love in action. In closing, during COVID, shelter in place, COVID-19, shelter in place, we have been taking regular walks as a family. Now the boys, they like to grab a football and they'll toss the footballs we're walking around the neighborhood. But Elsie loves her bike. She loves her bike. Here's a picture of my girl. She loves her bike and her unicorn helmet. She loves this terrifying unicorn helmet. And we enjoy these walks so much as a family. It's been a great time. And recently, as we're walking the block, when we get to the last portion, the boys usually are like, all right, football challenge. And they sprint home and then they wait in the yard. Well, Elsie, she tries to keep up on her bike, her, her little tricycle, and she just is pedaling as fast as she can. She's about two houses up from us. Tim and I are behind just leisurely enjoying our walk and watching our kids. When the next thing we know, Elsie plows headfirst into this bush. And I'm not talking like a, like a leafy, fuzzy bush that would be pleasant to hit. She, it's like has branches and she full body comes out of her bike headfirst into this bush. Thankfully, she had her unicorn helmet on. Tim and I, of course, are immediately take off running and we come to her. Tim picks her up, pulls her out of the bush, sets her on her bike. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, she has broken her neck. We're going to have to go to the hospital and it's COVID-19 and the world is collapsing. And naturally she's fine and there's no blood and I'm wiping her face and we're, Tim's rubbing her back and Elsie, what happened? Are you okay? And, and she's visibly shaken but then she proceeds to tell us in her most animated and expressive voice, I was closing my eyes and I hit the bush. I was trying to ride my bike with my eyes closed as fast as I could all the way home. <sighs> Me, being the good mother that I am, immediately turned around and started dying laughing because who rides their bike as fast as they can with their eyes closed? Our daughter. Tim being compassionate, rubbing her back, checking on her. And um, thankfully she was okay, I hopped on her bike and, and, and rode all the way home. And you know, as I was thinking about today and today's message, I was thinking for so many of us, we're lost or we're in the bush 
face first, almost injured, trying to find our way home. And for me and for you, home could look like a lot of different things. Home for me are, are those people that are the nearest and dearest to my heart. Those people that I love so much, my family in Florida and Ohio and uh, God, those people that, that have been my family and that I've treasured and that have raised me. And um, home, again, looks different for all of us. But I think sometimes we can get lost on our way home. And what I mean by that is, I think in whatever season, whatever our reality is in our family, sometimes we need to step back and evaluate how well are we doing recognizing the needs and expectations that other people nearest and dearest have of us. Do we naturally follow in the way that Jesus would? Do we recognize those nearest and dearest, dearest to us? Do we affirm them? Do we care for them? Are we doing it in such a way that they can receive it? And so today, my challenge for each and every one of us on this Mother's Day, that we would follow and do as Jesus instructed from the cross, but give each other the gift of recognizing one another, affirming each other, and caring for each other. So join me as we pray. God, we love you. I thank you for what you are doing in spite of all the things that are going wrong in this world. Lord, you are on the move and we believe that. God, I pray for all the moms that you would meet them where they're at today. I pray for all the families, God. Lord, I pray that you would unite them. God, that you would strengthen them, God. That families would be restored in this time, God. That people would be intentional with their relationships with one another, Lord. God, I invite you into people's homes, God, to radically change the trajectory of families today, Lord. God, we ask that you do us. Show us how we can recognize each other, affirm each other, and care for each other in such a sacrificially and selfless way, Lord. Help us, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen.